This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 197, recorded on January 1st, 2015. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all of your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a very, very, very cold and blustery Bellevue, Nebraska. We saw negative uh, 15 or so wind chills this morning here, which is fairly unusual for the way things have been uh, recently, but still pretty cold. And, of course, we'll post this show, the first show of 2015, with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show via email. Just send that to me, Jim, at TheAverageGuy.tv, and many of you are doing that, so thank you for sending me your emails. You can track me down on Twitter, at Jay Collison, or now you can call in those questions, and we're actually going to kick off the show with a called-in question. And so if if you want to do that, call us 402-478-8450. And actually, the last couple calls we've gotten have lined up perfectly with the guests that I've been having on. Imagine that, how that would work, who would be able to answer the question. And we'll play those like we're going to do tonight right here on the program. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find links to this show and many other great podcasts out at the average uh, out the average guy. No, out at the geeksnetwork.com. I see an average guy too much. That's the problem. Join us in chat. Watch or listen live on YouTube, on Spreaker, and now on Mixler as well. Find all the navigation you'll ever need over at TheAverageGuy.tv. In fact, some uh, massive upgrades going on. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Some massive upgrades to the infrastructure around TheAverageGuy.tv, and Christian will talk about that a little bit. But, Christian, thanks for all the work that you do uh, to keep us running here at TheAverageGuy.tv. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, We'll talk more about that infrastructure on the back end. All right, tonight what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about 2015. Uh, Before we do that, though... Uh, I like I said, I encourage you guys to call in and uh, and to do that. And so we, from time to time, I'm, I'm getting them more frequently these days. We get you to call in, and uh, so I think this is I think this is Neil. So let's listen to his question. Um, I heard on one of your podcasts the idea of using the VPN on the server 2012 R2 Essentials experience. Uh, I'd like to use it from Android, and there's very little information about uh, how to do that. Windows, the Windows pretty much takes care of it. In Android, there are you know, eight or ten kinds of VPNs, and some of them require certificates. I can't even find out under the covers which ones are supported on Essentials in the uh, 2012 R2, so... I don't know if it should be a topic on a show or something that someone can put a video on, on a, your uh, tips or or whatever. But uh, the average guy finds it daunting and not much uh, web searching can really help on the details. Thank you. All right, Christian, I'm going to throw that one over to you, I think, with all the work that you've been doing as of late? You might have some answers. VPN, uh, Android, 2012. Sure. So 2012, by default, sets up VPN to go over HTTPS, right? So the big thing about that is, um, by default, when you go to that you know, remote 
webaccess.com page that lets you basically log in and you can click those remote desktop tiles and so forth. That's over an HTTPS certificate you typically get from Microsoft. The VPN infrastructure that is built into the 2012 or 2012 R2 platform goes through that same connection, and that's called Secure Socket Tunneling uh, Protocol. That's the type of VPN that is. It's SSTP. So by default, you know, when your Windows machine connects over that remote access pipe the way it's set up, it's going to be SSTP. Um, it is relatively easy, however, to go into the remote access um, website, or sorry, the server itself, and go to the routing remote access management and add an additional VPN type, which is called PPTP, or point-to-point -point tunneling protocol. Um, and so what that, that is a protocol that is natively supported in the Android operating system and doesn't require the um, SSL certificate. So it's fairly quick to set up. You, you pop in that remotewebaccess.com host name at, for the server address when the phone asks for it. You're going to log in over an encrypted connection using your regular Windows Home Server login credentials. So really the only thing you have to do is go into your server manager for routing remote access and, and go through the process of changing that over to a PPTP connection, which I can walk through now if I have a second to bring up my own system or we can put into a tip. Um, but then from a phone standpoint, you really just go to you know the typical Android settings uh, icon. You click more networks. Then you go down to VPN, the second last option on uh, my Android version. And then when you tap to add VPNs, you look for that PPTP. It's the first option in my dropdown, actually. Um, so that's the easiest thing to get set up. The, the stuff with SSL certificates and so forth deals with uh, a protocol called IPsec. And that's a tunneling protocol that's arguably probably the most high-tech of all those different VPN protocols. Uh, but really, the two-part process for getting it to work is, A, change your remote access server to uh, offer PPTP, and B, set up your, uh, your router or your gateway to forward the PPT port to your server, which is port uh, 1723, I believe. Wow, just like that. There you go. Hey, it would help me, uh, too, if you guys call and leave messages. Uh, tell me your name so I know who you are on that. Sometimes it's helpful to know so I can... And then maybe leave your email address or something in the message. I won't play that over the air, but... Uh, so that I can get back to you and tell you that uh, we've answered your question, but uh, that doesn't sound... Christian, uh, average guy, above average guy, work to get that done? Fairly easy to do? Yeah, I mean, I would say this is pretty average guy. It's really just a question of when you go into your server, open up that routing remote access panel, um, you, you change it, you change the type from SSTP to PPTP, um, and then you just create that port forward rule in your router, and, you, and you're pretty much good to go. Okay, very cool. And Drashna says in chat, 1723, is that what you said? Or yeah. 1723. Yeah. Very good. Well, Christian, thanks for doing that. And then you too, you have a question. We'd love us to answer. We'll figure it out for you. So send, send, give, give me a call, 402-478-8450, and we'll do like just what we did here on the show. All right, let's dig in a little bit. A couple guys, uh, you, we just heard from Christian, and of course Christian's been all things Cyber Frontiers as of late. And Surprisingly enough, we're up to Cyber Frontiers 15, and I think we have 16 coming up very, very quickly. If that's not this next coming Monday, I think you can join us every other Monday. 
here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. And if you haven't subscribed to that, you'll want to do that. But Christian, welcome back. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. And uh, from from the, I'm now calling it the Buffalo Knock Network Operations Center and uh, here for a little bit longer before I get back into the grind in uh, Washington, D.C. So uh, good to be on. Yeah, good to have you. And we'll talk more about the knock here at the end of the show. So if you want sure. to hang tight, uh, Christian and I got some stuff we want to record to get that done. But uh, hang tight till the end of the show. And then I haven't seen him in a while, but he's all things uh, microserver and making videos. And he's got special lighting now, John Stutzman. John, welcome back. Good to see you. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I don't think people can see, but I got my uh, Scoon Doggy T-shirt on. Nice. And uh, so, you know, for this yeah. occasion, I thought this this was the perfect thing. Uh, I tried to get Kevin to come on, and I just we just never connected. But uh, in yeah. honor of Kevin Schoonover, you bet. That's right. So he's here in spirit. So <laughs> here he is. And uh, I, I wanted to wish everybody a happy new year, and uh, hope they have a wonderful 2015. Oh, well, you bet. Happy new year to you as well. Thanks for coming on. And then to his right, at least on my screen, and uh, coming in from somewhere in Canada in the frozen north east of Canada, John Zadler. John, how are you? Howdy, gents. Yeah, well, today actually we had some snow and stuff, but the, the rest of the week, or earlier in the week, it was very nice, warm temperatures. All the snow melted. It was like as if spring was coming. But today, uh, Canada Day, uh, sorry, not Canada Day, sorry, New, uh, New Year's Day, we uh, we got some snow and stuff. So, hey, uh, Jim, I want to say uh, congrats there. Uh, what, what is it now? You're, uh, you had two, one, two years you've been podcasting, right? Yeah, Christian and I were talking about that four years we've been doing uh, we've been doing podcasting now here on the network. Yep. Four years. Four years. It's four years already. Jeez. Four and years. Now, but you're also getting to episode. You're this is episode what? One ninety seven. One ninety seven. Yeah, we're just three so, weeks away from two hundred. Two hundred. So there's a couple of anniversaries. I knew there was uh, was some yeah. stuff going on there. I said because uh, I know a couple of episodes ago you said something about an anniversary. I said, wow. Time flies, and now, like, yeah, 200's coming around the corner. Cool. John, you and I have been podcasting together for five years, if we we think about it that way. We started in April yeah. of uh, 09 uh, with Dave over at Home Server Show. So, uh, of course, you can still find that. Dave and I are doing that about every other week now, homeservershow.com. And, uh, and so, John, thanks for coming out tonight. And then all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, and from the confines of the, uh, the JPEG to Raw studios there, Mike Howard. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Wondering what kind of fool would schedule a podcast on playoff. Boom. Playoff. I know. Playoff, playoff night. The first playoffs ever. That's kind of What crazy. kind of bigger fool will agree to come on? <laughs> you you said to me, you were like, dude. And I'm like, come on. you can. We'll, we'll do the scores. So let's do a quick update if you're listening live. Oregon. What's the score of the Oregon? Uh, Oregon's over. That's, oh, is it done? That, yeah, that ended, uh, I think it was 59-20. Okay. So that's I'm done. I'm not positive so, on that. Ohio State, Oregon. Alabama. Just like seconds ago, Ohio State kicked a field goal, so it's three nothing. Okay. Three nothing. We'll we'll check in from time to time All right. to, to just see. <laughs> John likes that, so we got to go, go big for ten. Yeah. Go Big Ten. Yeah, we got to. We're all we have one. Well, two, we may not all be in agreement there. <laughs> hey, we got three from the Big Ten on the podcast tonight, so it's uh, ooh, it, ooh. a little dominated there. Even though Maryland's br brand new to the Big Ten, we'll we'll give. I guess we are too here in Nebraska. So. All right, let's dig in a little bit uh, to 2015. Uh, well, one of the things I've spent some time doing, uh, and I, I, you know, end of the year is always a time to clean stuff up, right? It's I've been going back through my backups. I go back through the website. I, 
I kind of tighten things up. I check files. Mike, I know you've been kind of doing an inventory of your kind of file structure. We can talk about that here in a little bit and how you're going to keep things. One of the things I did on the AverageGuy.tv website was I, I started going back just a little audit inventory, and I was going to start uploading um, my files to archive.org. It's kind of one more place for one more place to be found and then if something were to ever happen or I just decided I didn't want to podcast anymore and I took down the average guy.tv which I don't think Christian would ever let me. but if I did decide to do that they'd be on archive.org well as I was going back through all those 197 podcasts to get them up there I realized when we made the conversion from uh, oh actually WordPress instances so we went on the newest WordPress instance meso columns is what I'm on right now I broke almost everything that was like 165 and back. So if you ever tried to go back and get anything on the podcast, sometimes the audio player was there. Almost in, almost never was the video player there. Nobody complained, which made me sad because it makes me think you guys don't go back and listen to those things. And that's okay. It didn't hurt my feelings too bad. But uh, we went back through, cleaned all that up, and I actually made the posts more efficient, and I think I future-proofed them here as well. So... Everything, uh, everything. Home Gadget Geeks is now caught up, and everything. Cyber Frontiers is now caught up. There's only one episode of Cyber Frontiers that had the problem. Everything else was fine. But uh, you know, 20 go, end of the year, beginning of the year, it's a good time to go back, take a look at what you're doing, go through backups and things like that. That's for me, you know, for for the end of the year kind of stuff for me. That's a lot of the stuff that we do here. So I always spend the extra time that I have doing backups, making sure. So let me just do a reminder, and I sent this out in the newsletter today. So if you if you aren't signed up for our newsletter, and I have about 57 of you that are, but if you haven't signed up yet, go out to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter, and you can get the most current one that we did for December. Some information in there about uh, what we do here in the network, but some reminders of some things to do um, uh, throughout the, you know, as like just for example, uh, in, in this case, some things for you to do here at the end of the year. And uh, and so get signed up, get registered. We'll send you the we'll send you the newsletter automatically, just one time a month. Uh, I remind you, think about your backups. If you haven't gotten involved with a home server in NAS, we talk about that a little bit. We talk end of the year is always a good time to check your UPS. Are your batteries working? <laughs> it will can it survive? Uh, uh, you know, if the power goes down, if you get a bunch of snow or whatever, and the power goes down, do you know where all your data is? Right? Have you have you you got pictures? And we all probably have pictures all over the place with our phones and such. And then of course. Uh, a need for speed, right? If you haven't checked your router or if you haven't checked your modem in a while, the DSL or cable modem, might be a time to check it here at the end of the year. You might be doing an upgrade, whether you purchase it or you go through your, your provider and you can get upgraded speed. So that's what you get in the newsletter and uh, just encourage you to head out there, theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter and uh, get signed up for it and we'd love to have you a part of it. All right. I have a question. Jim, uh, yeah, go ahead. Ex almost exactly when you said the newsletter thing, a newsletter, wait, have you subscribed for the newsletter yet, popped up on your website. <laughs> it did. Yeah. So did you do that on purpose? No, it's it's one of those kinds of things that if you come to the site and you try to navigate away from it, it's a little reminder, hey, boom, have you registered for it yet? Um, I started doing that. That's a plug-in that I use with WordPress, and I started doing that oh, a couple weeks ago. By the way, if I've, uh, if I've annoyed you with it, I'm sorry. No, I was. You know, it's once a month. It's very um, clean. It doesn't. It's not annoying at all to me. Well, that pop up. I mean, that'll that'll oh. pop up every couple weeks uh, until you register for it. But um, I'm registered. I, I probably won't. You are registered. 
course. Yeah, I don't think it checks that. So I'll probably have to shut that off in a month or so, so people don't get. <laughs> well, if it's every other couple of weeks, that's fine. It's like supposed to be every two weeks. Is uh, that's supposed to pop up and remind you? And you can easily shut that down if you want to, um, to do that. But that's a little plug-in, and I'm not going to log into it. That's a little plug-in in WordPress that I use. If you want more details about how to do that, you can do that as well. All right. Let's talk Jim, about. Yeah, go I just ahead, wanted to uh, make another point. Like, I find in the New Year's a good time. I, it reminds me to uh, change my passwords for a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, you know, I guess if depending on how good you are with passwords, maybe you should do it more often, maybe monthly or whatever. But at least once a year, it's like changing the battery in the uh, fire detectors. You know, in the house there, maybe do it. You know, Christmas or New Year's, and then maybe somewhere in the in the in the Fourth of July. It gets and then us Canada Day, so maybe you know every six months they get the passwords and stuff. But yeah, you make me think because even just my Windows Home Server one, uh, my EX490 that I got, I rebuilt it there this week over the holidays. I said, you know, well, let me reinstall everything. And you know, sometimes even with your operating systems, right? Some people have, you know, it gets clunky, right? The, all these files and everything. So maybe it's a good time to say, look, let me just reinstall the OS, especially if you have a home server. You know, everything's backed up. It's like. And then maybe you got a hard drive for Christmas or something. So it's like, okay, throw in a new hard drive, reinstall your OS, and try to do everything fresh and stuff like that. And then if everything is up to speed and you have all your Dropboxes and your your OneDrive and all that stuff, uh, you know, all connected with your profiles and stuff, and you're like, okay, that's good. Okay, now I can, you know, whatever, take that old drive and use it as, you know, the old drive that had the original operating system. Say, you know, put it on the shelf for a while or, you know, just in case. And and start the year fresh, you know. I don't know if it's opening a bag of uh, what is it, um, can of worms? Yeah, can, can of worms. worms. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know if I, I should know. do it. But you can you can put yourself you in a hole, right? Yeah. I mean, you can put yourself in a hole sometimes too, because you realize, oh man, I have been, you know, I, I have been, I haven't done this in a while, and now I got to catch up. I mean, I spent like nine hours fixing the website to get all those videos working right. Once I discovered one, you kind of hate that, and you're like, oh, then I could not leave them alone. I'm like, I can't. I can't think of somebody going out, going to the site, and it being broken for some reason, so I had to fix it. Mike, uh, you've been working on, like, deduping your data too, right, during during this season? Yeah, you, you know, I've talked a lot about uh, Unrate in the past, and I have three main servers at home. One is Windows Storage Server, Windows Server 2008 R2, and Unrate, which I've run Unrate for, gosh, it's been a long time, longer than you've been podcasting average guy. And uh, it's been working fine, but what I, because I have, you know, 35 terabytes worth of storage available to me, I've been very sloppy with how I keep it, and I have found where I have photos that are backed up four or five times, you know, out there. So I've been working very hard to reduce the amount of data on on Unraid, and I'm going to take all that off, move, build into a smaller box, and then eventually consolidate those three servers down into one server 2000R2. And that I have a Norco 4020 case, so I'm gonna put it all in there. But moving that kind of data, you know, what do you do when you have three servers? You have lots of data on all of them. It takes a long time to go through all that because you're gonna end up with basically the same drives, but you got to clean them off those drives and rebuild it somewhere else before you can build it new. Uh, so that's the process I'm going through. It's taking yeah. forever. It takes a while when you're talking about moving that much data. It takes a while. You know, the other good thing to check are your cloud storage uh, providers to make sure, like, sometimes we set up automatic connectors to make those work, like we're moving things around automatically. And it's good every once in a while, end of the year is a good time just to check those, make sure that uh, they're indeed kind of working as well. So those are some things to think about going backwards. And, again, get signed up for the newsletter. I got some uh, some advice, some good advice, I think, about things to do 
here at the end of the year. But let's look forward a little bit. Really what I wanted to do uh, is, is kind of say, what are we looking for uh, coming in 2015? So John Stutzman, I want to start with you, since you were kind enough to actually get to the show notes first and put something in there. You get a reward uh, for doing that. John, what are you looking forward to? Let's just pick one off your list there. What are you looking forward to in 2015, or what do you see coming in 2015 that you're excited about? Well, um, I'm excited about a lot of things coming up in 2015. That There's uh, uh, a list of things that I have seen that are supposed to be coming out, like Skype Translator. It's supposed to be a real-time audio translator uh, so that you could, for instance, uh, Skype with somebody in Hungary or Germany or Russia, and... Uh, the translation would happen in real time. You could go back and forth. So, you know, you could have Putin on your show or something like that. And uh, though I think he knows English too, but you, you know, you get what I, what I mean. I think that would be exciting. It's it's a, a sort of a Star Trekky type thing, I, I think. Uh, and I had uh, been reading that uh, some scientists at uh, some Australian universities. And I see Rennie's uh, listening in, so a shout out to Australia. But uh, they're planning to uh, find a commercial partner to go ahead and launch their uh, first printable solar panels. And the uh, what's exciting about that is that once you can start doing that, and you can do it so cheaply, you could have solar cells or solar panels everywhere. You could have the back of your phone uh, be a uh, solar cell, and if it's running down, uh, you hold it up to the sun or a light and maybe it'll give you enough charge to make a call or something. I, it, you know, just things like that. You know, there's there's a lot more and you can get into that uh, once you get to the, uh, uh, get more in-depth in that with printable solar cells. You know, maybe uh, somebody comes up with solar cells, printable. I know they have them that are transparent. Well, then you could put those on windows uh, and you have a lot of structures and cities that uh, you could put those on. But that's probably beyond 2015. But then um, a thing that I think is really neat is uh, Samsung is promising to incorporate foldable screens into some of their phones and tablets uh, and wearables by, by the end of the summer. Well, you know, even if they run late and they don't do it until Christmas, for instance, I think that's going to be pretty exciting um, because that's, that's going to open up a whole new avenue of things that could be going on. And uh, the really big thing is uh, Star Wars Episode 7 comes out December 18th. So uh, I already got that on the calendar and I'm ready for it. Got the, so. got the date all blocked out already. Got tickets almost purchased. I went to the intro of the first Star Wars and uh, in St. Louis at the first showing and the first 200 people got a button, may the force be with you. And that was, yeah, that, so that was pretty cool. So it's you know I've been a Star Wars fan for a long time so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they carry on the, uh, the carry on the program. Yeah no I think this will be one of the most anticipated movies of our lifetime. I mean I, I can't I can't think there are you know there are so many geeks who have children who are now Star Wars fans that that you know because we've taught our kids how to be Star Wars fans. And so you have multi-generations uh, who have are waiting for something better than that the awful stuff that Lucas put out in the last uh, in the last years of whatever he was trying to do. I'm not sure what he was trying to do with that, but of course J.J. Abrams now is going to be directing that, and I think it's going to be one of the most anticipated uh, movies of 2015. And 
it's it it brings so many things together, and I think it will be highly anticipated. I think we're going to talk about it. They're going to leak stuff all summer, as you know. They're going to be leaking screenshots, and 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 I mean, they've already got the official trailers already out, which is crazy a year in advance. But uh, you know, I'm with you on that. I think um, that it's it's uh, there's some good stuff coming uh, along those lines. So. It's uh, anybody else. Uh, anybody else looking forward to Star Wars here oh, in December? Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> John Zadler, are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, more of a Star Trek guy, okay. but uh, I mean, I, I saw all the Star Wars and stuff. But uh, if I have to go with you know the space guys and then you know Battlestar Galactic and all that stuff, so for me, Star Trek is number one. Then Star Wars would be number two or three. Yeah, maybe number two. Yeah, and yeah. then well, yeah, we could. We could talk all evening about the Star Trek and BSG because I mean those are really great shows too. Yeah, there's some good ones. Christian, how do you feel? I mean, you're you're outside of our demographic uh, age-wise here. How do you feel about Star Wars? I mean, I feel pretty good about Star Wars. I I kind of side with John on that. I'm a, I'm a huge Trekkie addict. It's it's kind of a problem, but um, from a from a Star Wars perspective, I mean, I, I appreciate the universe that was built and constructed. And actually, one of the most fascinating things about Star Wars to me was not only the original stuff that was done, but there were, the fan base that took into the extended universe, the expanded universe, and all the things that they've done in that are just, to me, mind-blowingly crazy. I mean, they have built a little, um, a whole different universe within a universe, if that makes sense. So, I mean, it's a very interesting franchise for sure. Um, I think J.J. Abrams is arguably the logical choice to succeed into this next series. I know there's some people that are kind of uh, hesitant that he's going to mess it up and all that stuff, but um, look, Abrams uh, has done a lot of cool stuff in sci-fi that if you look at the resumes of other directors in the movie business, Abrams is killing it with sci-fi. I mean, he did the five uh, the five seasons of Fringe, which was a primetime uh, television show on Fox. That was just it was one of the coolest sci-fi things I had seen. That was original, creative, funny as all get out. Um, and that you know that was Abrams, and I don't remember who the other co-producer was. Um, with the new Star Treks that Abrams kind of brought back and brought back to life. You know, there were some set things I was really unhappy about, like why does the Star Trek engine room look like a beer brewery, and you know, why why are they jumping up elevator shafts in like five seconds? I mean, if you go back and look at like how long it took them to go from deck one to thirty on the on the episodes of Star Trek, they used to have all the deep, dark, you know, revealing conversations of the episode would always happen in the elevator shaft. And you know, in this one, they're like these high speed, whoosh, and the next thing you know, they're on a different deck. But I mean. Those theatrical elements aside that, you know, myth Star Trek fans like myself, I mean, he did a good job with it. Um, with Star Trek, I think there's going to be, we're going to see a blend of old and new, right? I mean, the fact that, just the fact that the original uh, crew, you know, the guy playing Han Solo, the guy playing Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, I mean, these people aren't young people anymore, right? So the fact he's making all that work and putting some new characters in, I think it's going to be pretty intense. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I already laugh that people have problems with like a black stormtrooper. Get over it. I mean, this is the this is a uh, anyway. Um, but I mean, I, I think he's going to put some creative stuff into it. So uh, for the for the J.J. Abram haters out there, just just pull it in a little bit. Just give give him a chance. If it's really that bad, fine. 
Um, like I said, I think Star Trek, he miffed me a little, but I've seen some great stuff from Abrams with Fringe and some of the other stuff. And really, no one, I don't think anyone can give me a better name for who's directing sci-fi productions and making them into million-dollar franchises than Abrams. Sorry for that rant. No, that's okay. good. Hey, are you guys getting a little a little blip in the audio uh, when we talk, or is it sounding? Did like Christian sound good the whole time? Yeah, sounded, sounded pretty good, good to me. But I think that, yeah, uh, I, I'm seeing a little bit of video and uh, audio is a little off. Could be, yeah, it could be on my end. All right, we'll keep going. Uh, Google will record it in some way or yeah. form or fashion, and so we'll we'll be fine there. Um, I, I, uh, as a segue or segue into uh, with uh, talking about Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff, one of the things I think that's exciting that is a growing thing is the Internet of Things and I, oh, I no. and the wearables and stuff and how this how this is all going to expand and uh, uh, so that gets me excited. So I didn't mean to jump in there. No, but, no, I think uh, it's good. I spent the day, uh, I spent the last couple days uh, getting uh, all my fitness stuff caught up. So I'm now using, uh, I figured out how to use my Garmin 220 a little bit better and some of the fitness stuff I'm doing. And I sync, I can now sync, when we think of the Internet of Things, I can now sync my Connect piece with Garmin to my fitness pal. And those, they are sharing data in between each other about exercise and food, right, that I'm eating. And then, I was thinking, how do I get my steps every day? Well, I can get it on my phone, right? I can I can set S, S Fitness or S I forget what they call it on on Android, but and I can turn that on and get my steps, and I can connect that and put those steps in each day. So yeah, there's some interesting things coming when we think about Fitbit and and uh, some of the other wearables that are coming along with it. There's some great fitness gear that's coming out in 2015 that I'm pretty excited about. The thing I'm most excited about is heart rate monitors that have come off the chest bands and have gone on to the have gone on to the bands there. I could, I never would have worn some of those, and in 2015, I'll probably pick up a watch that has a heart rate monitor on it as well. So, and let me just take a second to not dispel the myth, but to put into context what the Internet of Things really means. That's a terminology we've kind of created as a buzzword, like big data and these other words. The Internet of Things has been around for years, and that is IPv6, and the the it's the adoption of IPv6 that has created the Internet of Things. But when someone tr when someone asks me, well, what is the Internet of Things? All it is is that we now have billions of addresses and billions of devices connected to each other. But it's not like this was a new technology that just suddenly showed up, right? This has been in the works for years, and anyone who's in network engineering gets really frustrated when they hear the word Internet of Things. From an average guy perspective, it's the Internet of Things. Let's be real. I don't think anyone cares about IPv4 versus IPv6, but that's kind of the thing, right? Um, and of course, we bring back Vint Cerf into this, but basically, basically, Vint Cerf pushing for the IPv6 standard and getting people to adopt is what makes Internet of Things possible. So, just some context to that. Yeah, no, I think it's a good explanation. There's well, more, more things we, being connected, yeah. though, right, John? That's what you're talking about. More things being connected. It is. It is a lot more things being connected, and a lot more things. It also increases from a. Um, a systems perspective, uh, it increases your your uh, threat space or threat surface, yeah. and uh, because you have all these additional devices out there, you know how do you keep all of those things secure and talking to each other and working together, and you start meshing in some of these 
emerging technologies, like I was talking earlier about Samsung coming out with the foldable screens. Well, the first ones aren't going to be that great, but, you know, five years from now, we're going to have something pretty interesting. And the Internet of Things, and uh, while I understand some people uh, cringe when they hear that, that's also thrown around by a lot of engineers uh, who are implying and, or saying, really, we're talking about just a ton of stuff out there, all of it talking to each other, and um, some people, you know, that's a cool thing, but it's also, you know, how do you keep it secure? And, you know, you could kind of go from there to start looking at, you know, the data breaches that we have seen um, and how, you know, things, I think it's just going to be more and more difficult to keep things secure because you're going to have things, people doing more into the cloud, and once you take things and take computations outside your control and somebody else is supposedly watching it for you, well then, um, you know, just how secure is that? And and I, I don't want to talk on and on about it because I know Mike has got some stuff he wants to talk about, and I'm sure John and Christian got many things they want to talk about, so... No, good stuff as well, and I'll, and I'll remind you that you know Cyber Frontiers is the show for that. So we talk about that stuff all the time on Cyber Frontiers, yeah. and if you haven't made the jump over there yet, it's a good good place to listen. Uh, but you're right, John. Let's move on a little bit. Mike's got some stuff listed here. Mike, as you think about uh, 2015, what kind of things are you looking forward to? Well, you know, I already mentioned the the server thing. So the next thing on, on you know, I got to throw out something on photography because that's something what we do. Uh, and for me, the biggest thing, because I already have the software, I have the camera gear, I have all that, is um, something we do a lot in our careers, you know, continual training. So for me, the big thing for 2015 is going to be uh, editing training, doing some workshops where I'm the, I'm not hosting them, I'm learning from them. So there's tons of them out there. I've, I've mentioned some on, the, on the, the show that we talked about when the gift idea show that we did with you. But I'm doing one right now on editing training. So my skills in editing and using Photoshop and all that can use some, some improvement. So that's what I'm doing right now from, from that standpoint. From uh, another thing I'm looking forward to, and I've already I've, I've started this, is I cannot eat, I do not like to eat uh, vegetables very much at all. My form of a vegetable is a french fry. And, <laughs> and so, but for 2015, I want to get healthier. And uh, what, we've, what we just ordered, I actually ordered it using the Average Guy link. Just last night. Thank you. Uh, so you should be seeing that coming through soon. Uh, new juicer. We had a juicer because I can take vegetables. If you take vegetables and you put in like a lemon or you put in an apple or something or a carrot, it makes it then very easy to drink. And now I've got that vegetable I couldn't eat before, something like crazy awful like spinach, um, and I can I can eat it and get that that you know, nutrition from there. So we just ordered a uh, juicer that does a better job of getting all that liquid out of there. Because one we had now does okay, but there's a lot of pulp coming out afterwards. So the one we're ordering now is a macacitating or something like that. A, my wife told me what it was. Uh, juicer. I put the link in the show notes. And that is one that we're, we're, I ordered and should be arriving uh, this weekend, I believe. Oh, very cool. And that. Fitbit is certainly something. I, that we talked about Fitbits with you last year. And so... And I ordered, uh, so some for new... last Christmas, I ordered the ones that were recalled from my, uh, yeah, me my too. sons. Me too. And they both still use them today. They haven't had any problems with them. They both still use them. 
I'm getting for me if they will ever come out with it. You know, um, they may not have heard of this season called Christmas, the holiday season. But I want to order the Surge, the one that's the I think it does heart rate monitoring, like you did, yeah. you said. There's some other things. Surge HR, I think they have two versions. A Surge. No, you think of the Charge. Uh, is, oh, really? Okay. There's a Charge HR and a Charge right. HD. Yeah, I think you're charge right. Charge HD and the Surge are not out yet. They just say early 2015. Yeah, you wouldn't think measuring your heart rate from your wrist, where every nurse, you know, any time you go into the hospital, right? Where do they check for your pulse? Right, yeah. <laughs> your wrist. Right. It has been really hard to get tech companies to figure out how to how to do that. That's been really hard. I think you know we saw with the band that came with it. The Microsoft band came with a heart rate monitor. Now we're seeing Fitbit. I think they're starting to figure that out exactly how to make that work. Once somebody figures out, everybody else will reverse engineer it. Super important to know. I mean, there's a lot of biometrical stuff there that you want to get from your heart rate and monitor that on a consistent basis. Imagine if you could have a 27 uh, uh, um, a 24, 24 by 7 inventory or data points of your heart all the time. It could tell doctors things about uh, about how you're doing, right? I mean, this is where all this stuff is going. Yeah, and I can so, imagine, Jim. Hey, it's you. You know, you go. Yeah, you're in an accident, or for some reason, you show up at the hospital, and the nurse comes out with that, you know, that band to put on you, and, and then she goes to put, and you go, hold on, hold on. I got you want 24 hours of data? I got right here. Let me just just plug. Give me that USB cable. I got 24 hours, baby. <laughs> That's right. Just boop that out. Boop. There it is. That's that's my heart rate for the last for the yeah. last month. But yeah, I got gets... an Excel spreadsheet that we can look at there. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, well, he mentioned Excel. I'm going to go there just next. But I want yeah, that juicer is a bigger deal than what uh, I think you you think about because. For me, for a lot of people, can't you can't eat vegetables. Vegetables are just awful to eat for a lot of us, the taste-wise. But if you juice them and then you put in something like a lemon or something, like I said, it makes them bearable, and that can be a big health uh, change for you. Yeah, no, it's good to get it's good to get that stuff in and uh, and, and get it however you can. I but, I um that looks interesting. That's kind of a high tech kind of that. that uh, is it Breville? Breville? Is that how you pronounce? I don't know how to say the name. Yeah. Fountain Crush, mass dating slow juicer. So it must in the in the process of doing it. It's just not like the old mixers where they just would grind everything up, right, to get the to extract the juice. So what's crazy if you put a carrot in there? And you, you know, we all know there's some liquid inside of a carrot, but you put a carrot in there, and you'll be shocked by how much liquid comes out of this thing when you're done. It's like that much. Liquid should not be inside of a carrot. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, where this thing has some kind of water injector that's doing it as a is it's a trick. Uh, but it you know you do that with with all. What are your grass with carrots? <laughs> yeah, with broccoli, with spinach, with with all these different things that are good for you that that you know you should be eating that you, you know, a lot of us don't because of the taste, or else you got to cover them in butter or, or, or ranch or something like that in order to eat them. You can eat them by adding in other things that are healthy for you, like a lemon or apple or something like that. Or and there's a lot of different things you can do. But I want to. Mike, in I three could, months we want an update. Eh? In three months we want to find out. We're gonna record this podcast and say, I love that. I'm gonna get me a juicer. I'm gonna get me a juicer. And then three months from now we'll see. Mike, how did that juicer work out? That's true. You know, it's all the follow-up. I, you know, I do have this 15-pound weight here at my desk. <laughs> He's got everything at his desk. Uh, but my last one, John, you mentioned Excel, and I'd like to put a distinction between what what Christian calls big data, 
and what I call big data, because it, it, you know, we almost have to say what he's calling big data is like ultra mega big data, and what I'm calling big data is is big data for me. So, as a I, I but, have wait, two. J just before we go any further, yeah. there's no comparison unless you say big data. It's, it's just big data. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be able to say that. All right. All right. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. There's, there's no such thing as big data. It's only big data, and big data is the new bacon. Okay. All right. Just, just you to be sure. There's, uh, there's, I wear two hats. One is the IT hat uh, in my job, and one is the, the controller, as the accountant. And for us accountants, there's a lot of, you know, we got to do the debits and credits and all that kind of stuff. It's the things we got to do. But we're in control of a massive amount of the company's data. Data, or however you said that. Data. Um, we're in control of a massive amount of that. And our main tool that we all use is Excel. That's the thing that we all use. But for the mass, vast majority of accountants, you, we're doing just the normal stuff. We're maybe doing some pivot tables and that kind of stuff. A while back, they came out with Power Query, which can take, you know, before you could do, a, let's say, a pivot table on a million rows of data, which is pretty big. I mean, you're going to have to have a decent computer to do that. Power Query, you know, ramps it up to massive amounts of, of you, know, you can handle 100 million records, something like that, with, with it. Um, it's, it has some limitations, but it's pretty cool. And now they've come out with another thing called, I'm, I'm sorry, Power Pivot is what you could have used before that you can handle 100 million rows. Now they come out with something called Power Query inside of Excel using normal, you know, looking Excel stuff where you can query things on the web, you can query things uh, on your SQL server, you can query things to, uh, you know, through other spreadsheets, you can bring all this stuff in. It's a real simplified view of querying data that is something that is easily uh, learned by the average accountant. It doesn't have to be the, you know, the, the IT guy, and I know my IT group doesn't like that. They like everything centralized. You know, let's run all that through IT. We can we can build that for you. But I don't know about IT departments where you guys are, but they're always overloaded. So if I want something built for me, you know, I got to get on a list and I got to wait and I got to wait until it becomes important, and it may never get done. Or now with the tools that are offered in Excel, I can deal with you know 50, 60, 100 million. Uh, records and build stuff all on my own without having to wait for them. So I can do what was going to take six months, a year that for them to get around to doing, I can do in a couple days or less. Yeah. And I mean, you bring up a great people. point in the sense that uh, one of the questions we used to always sit at the table and ask ourselves with, we would have these reviews at, at NASA and we'd be talking about the different data types we would be supporting for some of this stuff. And you know, you would sit there and you'd look at them and you'd go, you're basically trying to design a polar ion cannon to look at something that can be solved with Excel. And it was like, well, no, it's big data. So we got, I'm like, no, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Excel, tabular, uh, row-based stuff is still going to be one of the predominant data sets that the business and enterprise deals with. That's just the reality. We do transactions. Rows are transactional data storage mechanisms. And so to me, it makes perfect sense to continue to expand Excel with Power Query and some of the other things you're talking about. That just seems pretty logical to me. Yeah. Um, I think the some of the big data that I'm talking about that we're still like in the midst of struggling with is the you know the sentiment analysis, the textual um, natural language processing, um, picking out that really small data point in a vast 
set of points that, you know, really, if I were to throw this in the SQL query, the server would sit there and not answer me for years. I mean, these are the things that are a little bit hard to kind of quantify. And actually, one of the guys that I have a lot of respect for in the data space um, is Nate Silver, who really is a very uh, practical uh, pragmatist about how how data works and what are the kind of the misconceptions and the ways we misuse the technology to try and force the data to tell us things that the data shouldn't be telling us. Um, and I think that that's why getting people excited about things like, you know, making Excel work better for us and how it can do it, that is good because it brings some healthy realism to an area that's hyperinflated. Um, and if you look at that, um, uh, the curve of um, uh, vi the virality curve, it's not exactly the virality curve, I don't remember the name of the graph, but it's a, it's a Gartner um, graph and it basically says, you know, here are the technologies that that are at the peak. Oh, that's what it is—a hype curve, right? And big di Internet of Things is at the very highest point of the hype curve, and you see this slope, and then it kind of levels off, and then you get that nice plateau. And the things that we're going to see in 2030 era is going to be the result of that hyperinflating um, technology. And I think we're we are in the midst of the highest point of oh, this thing is going to be revolutionary. Well, not really. It's, it's been here all along. We're just, we're fine-tuning and fine-combing it to be something else. Um, but, Mike, you're, you're running, I mean, you're running a lot of stuff in Excel. I mean, talk about mature, on the maturity end of the technology, right? Excel is, it's in its very, uh, very mature state, and you're doing a ton of stuff with it. That's enterprise, right? Yeah, it, it, here's the way I look at it, because my, I, you know, I bite all this with the IT side, because I'm on both sides. I, you know, I'm the. <laughs> you you yeah, are I'm both. You work. <laughs> what I tell them is, I say, look, you know, we may come up with fifty, you know, hundred ideas that we're just bouncing off our head. Hey, I'd like to look at it this way. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. The vast majority of those are going to fall away, and we're not. They're not going to become useful. But if I'm able to run those through and do them myself, if you've lo put the data in a place where I can get it through Excel. And I can run through and I can do all those tests and, and weed out the losers and say, wow, look, this is actually useful. Then we can turn it over to IT and say, build this that now could be viewed and used by a mass number of people. Because the limitations for Excel still is going to be that I'm going to be able to do it, maybe my accounting staff, but how do I have 1,500 people out in the field do it? Because uh, they're not going to have the, the same hardware I'm going to yeah. have. And they're not going to have the I same need... expertise with the data right. itself. And that's right. where I need IT to then say, all right, this is a winner, now go build this. But that way they don't have to worry about the the, the 20 losers for every one winner that, yeah. that we have to do it. But, you know, my I've been preaching to my accounting staff is we got to think beyond deposit credits, beyond reconciling bank statements. We're the holders of a large portion of the company's data, and we can start doing more with it. I think... Um... Uh, five or six or seven years ago, uh, the the best thing to ever happen to BI was uh, uh, people stopped or IT departments stopped stopped letting people build thing and access, and they didn't forbid Excel, right? And that has been good because we see a lot less. We we saw tons of access databases which are just terrible. They are awful. It was it's one of Microsoft's. I think. I mean, it's great to do a quick database in, but just a terrible uh, piece of software where Excel has just gotten really good and very mature yeah. in a lot of the stuff that it's doing. So uh, there's and lots the thing of... Power Query does is it makes querying 
a easier uh, and more you know almost WYSIWYG type thing for the average accountant, where you know if you went and asked right. IT, hey, can you get me this? They would go through and type in all these commands and do all this kind of stuff, and you go, that's just a foreign language to me. I, don't, yeah. I have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, well, I can um, I can do that same stuff now in Excel. No, it makes it makes more sense. So cool. Well, I don't want to run out. Of I, I like to use uh, Access though to uh, manage my data, and then using different data sets, merge together the parts that I want, throw that into an extract file that goes into Excel, and then do my analysis in an Excel. Mm. But then using Access to kind of keep things, uh, uh, keep it managed out there. And of course, I mean, on a corporate level, you're going to have uh, higher level uh, programs too to to manage your data. But well, John, what I mean, happens in the enterprise? What happens? Access, but it's, they, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly it. It in it. It uh, what happened in the enterprise was they tried to make them enterprise level databases, relational databases. Should have been in SQL or Oracle or something like that. And then they would join them all together, and they would have this, you know, this. It was awful. It was just terrible. So, I was. It was glad to see the day that Access died in the enterprise. There's lots of good things it can do outside of the enterprise, but um, you know, for the average user, if they want to do it in, in Access, I still think that's fine. But for the enterprise, man, there was no better day than when Access died for the enterprise, and uh, and it, it started. You know, they started well, migrating that to a real yeah, a real some database. Places still, some places still use it, and you can do SQL queries on Access. I know, and it's terrible. Sets. It's, and, it's terrible that they're using it. It has it's just not backed well, up very well. There's no integrity in it. I mean, there's all kinds of terrible problems with it. That's the they, and they don't even support it that much anymore. So, if you're gonna do enterprise, real enterprise stuff with it, I'd say, man, you you better check t twice. Well, I I guess you. It depends on how you define enterprise. Yeah. Well, if, if are you doing it for your business? I. Let's just turn the page. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go into what it's being used for. Okay, good enough. Stop knocking access. Sounds good. Uh, John Zadler, let's let's. Yes, we haven't heard from you in a while. Let's hear what you are excited about. Uh, 2015. I know you've gotten into big train stuff recently, but what are you excited about 2015? Well, one of the things I got my brother actually today. I went to visit my brother. He gave me one of these seven-inch. Uh, what's this? This is the HP Stream Seven. So uh, he had an Android tablet. These are $120. You know, the Canadian dollar is a little bit less than American. So le let's say what you get for $99, we get for $120, you know. So uh, it's a nice little It's a little bit a hefty guy. And, uh, you know, there's different models. And one one that he had today is uh, he plugged in. It had a, a micro, H, micro HDMI slot, you know. So he he just plugged in his monitor, you know, his, his 27 inch monitor into the, this little tablet, put it on the side, and and he's running it on the on the screen, you know. As soon as he plugged it in, his mouse, Bluetooth mouse, everything was working. So it was it's nice, you know, uh, that you know, and Microsoft on the, I think they're supposed to be releasing at the end of January 21st or something. They're supposed to be releasing the the new uh, consumer preview for Windows 10, you know, for the mobile devices, for like the tablets and the phones. So uh, what I'm looking forward to is to see how that operating system is going to work, like on these tablets, and and how you know more people will say, you know what, I'm not going to buy a desktop. I'll I'll buy a, a small tablet like this. I'll plug it into my white my big screen monitor and use my keyboard and mouse. And then when I want to go on the road or off to work, you know, I'll just unplug it. You know, so now I have everything with me instead of transferring, you know, from tablet. I know like Sky or OneDrive and all of that, you know, you can have your data there and then get it from a different device. But it's like, it's cool that you can have, there you go, John, what do you have there? It's a uh, 
it's a Toshiba seven inch uh, seven inch tablet. It's a uh, the uh, uh, WT seven C sixteen. So it only has sixteen gig of RAM, but it has uh, one gig. I mean six uh, one gig of RAM and sixteen gig of uh, hard drive. Plus I have a sixty four gig uh, card in it. And, Are you trying uh, connecting it to a monitor like a large screen monitor? Yeah. Um, no, I've uh, I hooked it up to a. Uh, it it doesn't have an HDMI port. It's only a seven inch. Their ten inch has the HDMI, and but I have hooked it up to a keyboard and mouse, and it looks kind of silly using that with a seven inch screen. It took me a couple of months to really get to appreciate it, but when you t treated it more, even though it has a full uh, Windows eight uh, point one on it, if you treated it more as an RT device. Um, and did more with the apps. Uh, you kept the the memory usage down quite a bit, and I have three gig of um, of my SSD space still available. And um, uh, what it's trained me to do is to keep more things up on OneDrive, really. And if you do that, um, life is going to be good. And I found it's. Uh, really great as a media device um, and uh, I used it a lot uh, just recently uh, uh, at Christmas when we were visiting my son and uh, grandson and his mom in Ohio and uh, you know I had all the media that uh, my grandson mm -hmm. likes I had other media like when we stayed over at my sister-in-law's and that I you know could show people and stuff but it's it's gotten so that uh, um, oh, I, I could maybe pull it up here, and you know I have things, the media, uh, sectionalized, and like in the front is stuff that my grandson likes. Uh, I have uh, Amazon Prime, and I have it set up so that uh, if he or I click on Amazon, it's it's locked so that you can't go and uh, get movies that that cost anything. You can't get anything that's over G rated uh, without the code. But I have other stuff that in groupings, and I can move those groupings when I'm uh, with my grandson, so that uh, uh, it's harder for him to get to. But uh, like I said, I I think it's a great device uh, to really kind of get you into uh, yeah. uh, doing everything in. Uh, throwing all your stuff up on the cloud and like even my uh, wallpaper is from the cloud uh, so it's um, I can't say enough about it good things about it I like so it. John Zadler what you're saying though is you're excited about being able to take those devices as kind of being your primary desktop but you take it with you when you're home you set it down plug everything in boom it powers up your you know powers up your workstation at home but you can yeah. unplug it take it on the road take it with you plug it in somewhere else is that what you're saying yeah, that's it. It's like you know these devices. You know, you because you know before at a small form factor, you only had the what did, what did they call it? The Windows RT devices. You know, so it was like no native Windows uh, software on it. But then you know now it's like yeah, this looks seven inch guy, and he's got uh, you know you could you even have the desktop on there, mind you. Seven. The resolution is really nice, but uh, you know it's like yeah, you got some desktop apps, and you know I just today I wanted to install that. Uh, 
a program called a Windows uh, Mouse Without Borders, you know, so I can use my desktop okay. mouse and then just cry, you know, go over here. Yeah. But what's nice is these devices, it's, you know, they have Bluetooth built in. You're on your PC, you have to say, especially if you have an older PC, oh, I got to buy a Bluetooth dongle or USB mouse, I have to plug it in. Here it's like, you know, everything is Bluetooth and it's just, you just, you know, sync your mouse to it or your keyboard to it and like everything is kind of built in. But this guy doesn't have, this 7 inch guy doesn't have a, a any USB slot on it. But, uh, yeah, but th this is why I guess that's a thing you have to think about when you start, you know, deciding to buy buy yourself a small tablet. You know, I mean, obviously, if you have the Surface Pro 3, it's like 12 inches, basically a laptop, and, you know, you got all your USB, you got all your connections. But if you buy a little guy like this, it's like, you know, this guy might have less memory. The other one might have better resolution. Maybe maybe the screen, when you, tint, you know, tilt it, it's, a, you know, it's like it doesn't show very well. Some of them are better, uh, you know, it's a better screen. The other one is uh, USB ports. Uh, like I said, my brother's has the HDMI. This one doesn't. This one doesn't have a micro, uh, uh, you got some stuff. And like you say, with the sharing the media stuff, it's nice. My brother installed um, Kodi, which is the new uh, XBMC, uh, I think they're, so, you know, and I really like it. I, I prefer it over the, uh, he has an Android device. And I don't know, yeah. I think Microsoft, uh, Paul Therott or some guys were kind of saying that, you know, as far as phones, uh, like uh, when, uh, Apple phones, you know, uh, OS, OS 8, and, you know, that, that's the way to kind of go. But when you go to tablets and the, and, and the phones, what was the other thing? Yeah, uh, no, sorry, Android phones, uh, market is more, right? You're selling more Android phones than, uh, than iOS phones. But as far as tablets, iOS, um, Android tablets are like not so good, and and it's true. When I look at this guy compared to uh, an Android tablet, I really like the the presentation that Microsoft is giving, you know, with the uh, you know with the new Metro uh, interface and the, you know all that stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, you don't use a desktop on this guy. It's to uh, look at that screen. That that that's really nice. That's something nice to look at. Yeah. This guy. So if you needed yeah. more screen real estate, you could just uh, plug in a camera or in a, another uh, monitor that and and power it off. Uh, Mike, we got this in chat real quick, and we should probably said I said we keep them up to date on the score. What, what's the score of the game right now? It's uh, Alabama fourteen, Ohio State six, and it's about eleven minutes left in the second quarter. All right. Oh no, it's not even halftime yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just going to mention something uh, kind of. Piggybacking on what John had said too was uh, my uh, seven inch here has a uh, micro USB port and um, I I can plug in and I've done it I've plugged in my uh, uh, terabyte uh, uh, travel drive external drive and I can plug it into that and so you know I got a terabyte of uh, movies I could watch or shows and stuff uh, mm -hmm. and uh, so that makes it great for traveling. We uh, went on uh, a vacation, uh, Kathy and I did at the, uh, uh, about a month, uh, two months ago, uh, for our anniversary. And, um, and of course, I, I'm saying it was our anniversary, but there were like TV shows that she was watching that I didn't want to watch that much. Uh, <laughs> let's just say, you know, HGTV and stuff. And so I would pull out my tablet, put in my headphones, and I had some movies uh, on the uh, 64 gig card, I also had movies uh, on flash drives, and I had the the hard drive with with movies. So I I would watch shows, and I even went on to Amazon Prime just to see uh, to check uh, uh, how good the uh, the Wi-Fi at the hotel was, and it was pretty good. It was a Holiday Inn, uh, uh, one of their uh, uh, vacation places down in uh, 
uh, down in Florida. But anyway, it uh, I digress. So it, these things are pretty cool, and uh, like John said, these uh, for a casual user they're great. I I mean, still, if I wanted to work on Excel or Word, I may look at the document on my seven inch. But when I want to work on it, I want to have my desktop. I'd like to have my I'd really like to have at least two monitors to work on it with. But you know, three would be great too. But uh, uh, I mean, you want a lot of real estate to work with stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's it. But I'm thinking that if they become powerful enough that the, the CPU and the memory's in there, you know, enough of it, then and you can just plug it into a HDMI uh, cable. Or uh, I think some other models also have uh, the mirror cast. You know, so you don't need a HD a micro HDMI. You can use mirror cast, and then maybe your LCD TV supports that. You know, so it's like bang, you you send the command and off it goes. And and then they, like you say, you know, Excel on this is too small. But if it's part, if it's can hold the spreadsheet, yeah. then you can have a 64 gig. Because remember before, I think they were kind of limited to how much size of a S, micro SD card you could put in them. Now you can put 34 and uh, 32 and 64 gig uh, SD but cards John, in there, and they're affordable. You're still going to be limited. They'll, they'll take 128. Uh, you're still going to be limited by the CPU in that thing. If you're, if you're, it depends yeah. on what kind of Excel spreadsheets you're doing. If you're doing light spreadsheets, then that may do it. But the kind of spreadsheets I do, that yeah, I mean, well, your tablet will never. You want some horsepower. Even, even, a Surface, even a Surface Pro 3, which uses a mobile processor, is not doesn't have near the processing capability to handle the kind of spreadsheets I'm talking about. That's, no. that's why 2015 is the year of the desktop cloud in the sense that you when you really want, you know, like in John's scenario, you know, it doesn't have a lot of processing power. When you want to go to a machine that you, where you need it, you just dial into your, your desktop in the cloud and it just displays it there for you. I've been, you know, doing that now for a couple months, and I'm getting really good. There's still some things I can't do, but I'm getting really good response times for editing and sometimes for, for video consumption. Just d doing it, you know, just watching it off my off the one that's on the cloud. And it's we have a little ways to go, but man, We're, we are so close. You're talking about like streaming that. it, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I'm talking about streaming your desktop. Yeah, your desktop yeah. lives in the cloud. I mean, I've got, I've got a Windows 7, a Windows 8, and a Windows 10 instance on Azure that I can just go to and do stuff on. And in it, again, it's not perfect yet, but it's getting pretty darn close. Even with video, it's getting really pretty good. So a lot you better know, than it used to be. You make me think about uh, the other day. I well, I, I use uh, Steam, right, for the games and all of that. Download the games, you know. So that's good, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you got a new computer, or whatever. So you just install your Steam account, and then you know, if you have unlimited bandwidth, then great. Download all your stuff. You know, you're not popping in CDs and all that stuff. It's like download all my games, install on that PC. So I did that on on one PC. Then I went on another PC and I installed the Steam client there. And then I started getting this option there. It says stream the game. Like instead of installing the game on the other PC, it gave me the option. Like it said, oh, you're logged in on that computer and you have an account on this. You know, it's the same account and stuff. It's like, do you want to stream the game from from that computer? I haven't tried it, but you know, kind of like what you're saying about you know your desktop. It's like your computer. Like all your hardware is on the other guy. You know, and he's just maybe streaming the games, and you're just using your controller or keyboard or whatever to to do the screenshots. So it's like, yeah, maybe with the big Excel spreadsheets or, again, again gaming, you know. Uh, mind you, gaming, you might want the big monitor and stuff like that, but that might be a, another, another we're option. We're kind of seeing two paths happening with us right now. One is the need for more and more power at the desktop for these bigger spreadsheets, but then also more of a need for, for lightweight spreadsheets, for something where you can do maybe a Google Doc or something like that 
where it's more we need more collaborative nature going on where you know we might have a, a, a spreadsheet where I'm tracking something I need multiple managers to, to key and add their data into and it's not lots of data but it's something we need information on that we can do it that way so we're kind of seeing both of them in growth both needing power and more cloud base at the same time uh, and then somebody I can mention out there um, you know I think he's talking about like thin clients doing something like that. I've mm -hmm. thought about do, doing something like that with a test with maybe our AP department who doesn't need heavy processing power. They mainly just need, heck, almost just green screen where they're just keying in the invoices. And those are things that would be perfect to, for a trial of setting up a server 2012 R2 and doing um, you know thin clients off of that, doing VMs from that. Yeah, Jim, you had mentioned a while, and I think I, I touched on it for a little bit. Uh, uh, you had mentioned on um, server... Uh, Windows Server 10, I think built-in is the multi-point server. So uh, I think that's where you can set up those like thin clients, you know, and just have either, you know, uh, let's say a monitor and then a, like a cave, yeah, a computer keyboard monitor, a what is it, monitor, keyboard, and mouse. And, you, you know, you have a USB connection or a network connection to a server. And, uh, and that server is running multi-point server. So, like, they're building that, that, that you, so you don't have to go and now build a new server and just dedicate it to that. You could say, look, I got this nice server that's running server 2012 R2 Essentials. So you're running server, you're running Essentials, and you're running multi-point on there to allow you maybe for, like you said, maybe a couple of clients and stuff and say, okay, folks, you know, the data is all over there, and uh, go get it, you know? So that might yeah. be in there. Well, it's not a home application. I mean, it's it, it's driven yeah. for business in a lot of ways. And Mike, for what you're talking about, for your accountants and stuff, I think these are the solutions we'll move to. You know, gaming has just got its own, all its own special problems. But but uh, in in enterprise, there's no need necessarily to have the most powerful desktop. Everybody has the most powerful desktop. If you can build one big monster on the farm and let it do, you know, let it do its its job. I, again, we're not totally there yet, but I think we're getting uh, we're getting closer. John, real quick, as we kind of bring this in uh, for a landing here, anything else uh, that you're looking forward to, John Zadler? No, I'm just I'm building other circuit boards for my uh, for my model train stuff. There, some guys were asking me, so I'm just playing around with some well, of that we'll stuff. We'll have to have you back forward. on. In fact, you're on next week, right? You're you're on Home Gadget yeah. Geeks next week, right? You and Chris Barnes. So uh, yeah, we'll have you scheduled. We'll have you on the schedule, or we'll have you uh, talk more about that uh, next week when you have you back on. So, so good. I do want to spend Christian. I want to spend a little time with you. We want to highlight a little bit of what the future is looking like for you, especially there with Maple Grove Partners and some of those things. Don't give it all away because we're going to do a little post show stuff. We're going to record that as well, but. Why don't you, Christian, as you look ahead for what you're doing, talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to in 2015. Sure, yeah, no, um, before we circle there, I, I'm looking forward to, to, to school, actually. Um, we're doing some really cool things in the research space and uh, in the cybersecurity community that I think are cool things. It's keeping me interested, keeping me plugged in. Uh, it's been really great working with Ashton on some of these projects, and we've seen some cool stuff, and Maryland has given us a lot of resources. So looking forward to seeing more of that and getting into the uh, upper-level track here. Um, looking forward to talking about and working with folks on the new hosting platform that um, I've built and made public uh, for the new year. So uh, we're now offering some pretty badass hosting, in my opinion, um, that that is pretty cool and is kind of a culmination of 
four or so years of me building this thing kind of from the ground up one step at a time, um, and it's it's been a fun ride. So. Christian, when you say hosting, uh, talk a little bit. I mean, for the, for the average guy, certainly the average guy is hosted out there. So I have a WordPress instance that's out there. I store some MP3s on it to serve you guys the uh, the audio files that we do here. But uh, what what have you guys built there, and and what are you hoping to to have it do? Sure. So we have essentially built a super high-performance, backed-up, redundant, secure solution for hosting. And, you know, it's really kind of, I like to think of it, kind of, it's not something that you can really get in the market right now, right? You kind of get two extremes when, you know, the average guy wants to get a website, a domain, and do some hosting. You end up with one or two things. You end up, one, paying a pretty fair price for shared hosting, which is normally on an overcrowded platform with a bunch of people that you know is gonna you're gonna outgrow it pretty quick if your site starts to do well the other extreme of that is is you get out of that you outgrow that shared hosting environment and all of a sudden you're dumped into this reality where at the very minimum you know you might pay 30 bucks a month for a VPS but really to go on the high end of dedicated hosting you're looking at like a hundred bucks a month to have you know your own dedicated hardware somewhere out there that has the IP address so you know what I've tried to do with this solution is make I really, at a really affordable price point, provide kind of both services, but both of them are rock solid, high performance, high bandwidth. You're not going to have to worry about, you know, hitting a bandwidth quota because it's unlimited. You're not going to have to worry about slow page speeds um, because I've built everything myself from the hardware to the network to the software. And most of the companies out there that you deal with are, you know, I call them the fifth party resellers, meaning that they're a web hosting company that is reselling hardware from another web hosting company, which is reselling from another network provider, and the list goes on and on. Whereas with my platform, you know, everything is stuff that I've touched and built and configured myself, and I'm not outsourcing any of your services to a third party. Um, you know, the average guy runs on this platform now. I got about, you know, 10, 15 sites that have reliably been on this platform in kind of a closed form, right, for the past three, four years. And now it's kind of become a, a you know, it's a public offering. So, uh, maplegrovepartners.com is where it's all out and happening and you know now we're taking actual live internet orders you can go out and you know purchase one of these containers and you know I think it's a cool thing um, a lot of people kind of underestimate the value of having high-performance web hosting being a factor in how well their websites gonna do on the internet and let me tell you the difference between whether or not your page loads in half a second versus three seconds makes a huge difference in traffic and I have data on that for my sites uh, Jim even you have data about that with the average guy um, and so really this is a platform I like to think comes in at a pretty great price point for what the equivalent out there is on the internet and I'm doing some things with the platform that other hosting providers aren't going to be as uh, forthcoming about doing for example all the administrative backend the serious stuff like FTP and stuff I, there's no password login in my in my platform. You get a you get an automated uh, SSH key sent up, and it's all RSA encryption. I mean, these are the types of things that having this type of platform that I've built 
uh, we're doing things that big web hosts can't do because of how they're architected, how they're resold, and so forth. So super secure, super reliable, super failed over, super high performance. That's what I've kind of been going for with this. And it's done a great service for my sites. Um, we just brought on our, our first customer for this new platform service last week and he's using our dedicated package. He gets 22,000 hits a day on his site and the platform makes it look like it's child's work, which is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, these pages snap up in about a, a second max. He's got up to maybe 300 concurrent users on the site at any given time, and, and this thing just plugs and chugs, and that's really what I you know, look forward to seeing on the platform is people get that mileage out of it, because for him, the equivalent to get that level of performance to handle that volume of users, you know, 20,000 hits a day, he would be paying 100 bucks anywhere else a month to run a new that himself. So that's a wrap. Yeah, and so if you want to check that out, you know, uh, maplegrovepartners.com, and then uh, click on the pricing tab up there. It starts at ten bucks. Uh, ten bucks a month gets you in. And if you're thinking about doing some, you know, maybe you're in the situation where you're like, ah, oh, I've been wanting to start a blog. I mean, a WordPress site would be perfect for this. Uh, and uh, and Christian will spin all that up for you. And uh, one of the things I like about it is kind of four years. You know, we were talking earlier, uh, John Zadler. You mentioned uh, our anniversary. You know, four years ago, and it was December fourth, Christian, not the tenth. I went back and looked. Okay. While I was fixing everything. Uh, Christian and I realized we'd been you know podcasting together for four years, and I've watched kind of Christian grow into this space, and it's been. You know, accumulation of he's always helped me with the average guy site from the very beginning. Helped me set it up. Helped me get on a host provider. The host provider the host provider didn't work very well. We moved on to something different. We've moved it now. We've moved it internally with him. Watched him set up a business plan and really put this together and do a nice job. And it's for me, it's the opportunity to really host with somebody I know. Right? I mean, this is Christian. Christian built this, and uh, and so if you want to be a part of what I think of of having some having your website hosted on a platform where you know the people if you're okay with that and you like it it's not going to cost you in fact in some cases it might cost you even less than it would to get some service uh, from some other providers I think this is a great opportunity for you and so uh, Christian and I will be promoting this out here for the next couple uh, weeks months here on the average guy as well as cyber frontiers because I think it's a great project for Christian to work on and and man if you've listened to cyber frontiers and we talked about cybersecurity if there's one place that you, I think my website is going to be most secure, it's going to be on Christian stuff. I'm just saying. It's probably going to be the most secure there. And uh, my number two son works at a, uh, another host provider. And Christian, yeah, I know how that can be. They get big, like you said, reselling. You know, it, it you kind of get forgotten in the mix sometimes. And so this will be a fun project. We're not trying to grow this thing to be, you know, millions of people, but we'd like to take a few on, I think, at this point, right, Christian, and and have the opportunity to kind of build some websites and uh, and let you uh, take advantage of this platform. It's lightning fast. It's stupid fast. So if you if you like that kind of stuff, uh, head over to Maple Grove Partners. Everything's automated. In fact, we'll encourage you not to contact us directly. Try to run it through the web stuff so we make sure all that stuff is working the way it should. Get an automated order done. You'll get all that stuff kicked out for you, and we'd love to uh, love to have you a part of that. So this is, by the way, this isn't me. I said we, but it's really it's really all Christian. I just go, that's cool. <laughs> and this, so so some cool stuff coming up, and uh, we're excited about it. And if you want to take advantage of it, again, Maple Grove Partners. I'll have the link to it 
uh, out there in uh, in the show notes as well. Well, guys, we're at the uh, we're at the hour twenty mark. It always goes so fast, uh, but I want to thank you. Stay around. Of course, we'll do post show if you come out live. The only way you get the post show is to stay around for the live show. We'll do some banter in the post show. Christian and I need to record a home tech tip, and so we'll do that here in the post show. But uh, hang around. I'll remind. Well, first, let me say, uh, John Stutzman, John Zadler, Mike Howard, uh, thanks for coming out and being a part of uh, the brand new first one in uh, 2015 podcast. And right. we're excited about what 2015 brings. I'm sure I'll hear from all three of you at some point in time uh, in 2015 when we talk about podcasting. And so, John Stutzman, thanks for all the work that you've done on YouTube recently, especially becoming kind of the expert on the microserver and all the things that you're doing. So good work with that as well. And, uh, it's it's and, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank good you. Good stuff. So, Mike Howard, you're muted. I know you're trying to talk. So, <laughs> Rookie! <laughs> I was doing some stuff here, and I didn't want you all to hear me, so I uh, muted okay. and then forgot. I just wanted to say I've been, I was doing some searches on storage spaces and, and uh, some things like that, and... What do you know? John Stutzman's video comes up, and I went out there and watched yeah. it. <laughs> and and great video there, John. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, one thing too for 2015, we should be thinking about is uh, you know we got Windows 10 and Server 10 coming up, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I think we got we got some good stuff. John Zadler, you are back with me next week, which is really cool to have you on again, and uh, we'll talk some stuff on your site. Chris Barnes is going to join us. It's always good to have Chris on the program. I try and get him on once a year, and so it reminds me I probably need to to uh, to remind him <laughs> he's on next week. But Jim, I, I almost want to postpone. I say I want to be on two hundred, man. Oh, <laughs> I'm only well. going to be on one ninety. Well, one ninety eight. Maybe we'll move. Uh, maybe I'll just do Chris Barnes next week. And although, I have to look at the schedule. I think I didn't even when I scheduled out for January and February. I didn't even think about numbers. So, are you doing anything special for two hundred? You got nothing. anything in the works or what? Nothing. Nothing in the works. We're just gonna blow past it. Okay. We don't. We don't want to be accused of any backslapping, John. <laughs> we love you, baby. <laughs> That goes way back to Home Service Show 100. That we got accused of doing a congratulatory backslapping was the the way that uh, the way that came out. So guys, thanks for coming out. Christian, hang around a little bit. I'll remind you we're live out here every Thursday, and uh, we'll do a bunch of Thursdays in uh, in 2015. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, at theaverageguy.tv slash live. I'll remind you to sign up for the newsletter that's available, theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. Thank you for using the Amazon affiliate links. And it's appropriate to mention that we have that Amazon affiliate link just for our Canadian residents. And actually, John Zadler is the beneficiary of that. He'll take those funds and purchase things that uh, he, he'll do for testing, and we'll have him back on the program to talk about that as well. Super easy, theaverageguy.tv, just that's everything, slash Amazon CA, CA for Canada, of course. And uh, John uh, John will get that in there. And so, John, have we seen much come through? That I've been pimping that for the last six months, but it takes a while for those things to get started. Are we yeah. getting many Canadians to purchase that way? A few. Okay. A few are kind of trickling in, yeah. Good. Hopefully Good. I'll see something now because I think they, they have it like a, you see last month and stuff like that, so maybe next month I'll see for people who bought all their Christmas presents. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, this should be this should be coming up here pretty quick. So the averageguy.tv slash Amazon CA for our Canadian residents. U.S. guys, don't use that one because it won't work for you. <laughs> won't work for us either. Make sure you're using just the Amazon affiliate link there as well. 
Subscribe to Cyber Frontiers now that we have that fixed and working again. Make sure you get Cyber Frontiers uh, downloaded. If you haven't subscribed to this show, you'll want to do that uh, as well. And then uh, 2015 is going to be a great year of hosting, and we'll talk more about Maple Grove Partners and all that stuff that's going on there, and we're excited uh, to bring that to you as well. We'll be back next Thursday. Again, John Zadler, Chris Barnes, that's at least what's on the schedule right now. And we'll be back here 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Christian, that's 8 p.m. Central. Yes, <laughs> yes. 9 Eastern, out at TheAverageGuy.tv Live. I want to thank everybody who came out on a holiday, uh, at least here in the United States anyways, a holiday to listen to us live. Stay around for the post show. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye.